Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Redbeard Radio. I am your co-host, Alana Dickman, a partner at Redbeard Ventures, and we also have Drew Austin, the founding partner of Redbeard Ventures. This week, we actually have a special guest from one of our portfolio companies, LimeWire, where we are bringing up the COO of the company, Marcus Festel. LimeWire is really just a place to create publish and monetize content uh, using the power of AI. They also recently acquired Blue Willow, which is a free AI art generator. So really excited to jump into that. But before we dive in, we're doing this weekly. If you guys are listening or just jumping in for the first time, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and also just comment. If you have any questions, we're here to monitor it, answer, and really just make this as most helpful as possible while we're learning along the way. So. Uh, lastly, Redbeer Radio is sponsored by Alto, and Alto makes it easy for individuals to invest in alternative assets with their retirement funds through a self-directed IRA. So you can access private deals on the Alto Marketplace, their new platform for accredited investors. And you could go visit altoira.com forward slash marketplace to learn more. All right, Drew, we're diving in uh, to LimeWire, our investments. And before you bring up Marcus, I just want to start off where we've actually had a couple of deals in this space. And I think it's a super exciting space for us and specifically as Web3 crypto investors looking at it from that perspective. So I guess like before I was even with you, you made one of your first investments for content creation and super rare. And since then, we've obviously broadened our scope. So wanted to jump into that and what really excites you about this space. Yeah, uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us. I'm excited for another another episode. I think this is episode 11 of Redbeard Radio. Um, as always, we're digging into you know all the different topics around the uh, categories and and companies that we are you know looking into as investors uh, through the Redbeard Ventures Angelus Syndicate um, and our Redbeard Ventures Fund, and we also have our Tokenomics Accelerator. So we're very busy. We have a lot of stuff going on, and we want to just use this this time each week with you all to to just kind of explore different categories and sectors. Um, and as we learn, we can share that education with you so you can be more informed in your own investment decisions um, and, and criteria. So yeah, super excited to dig into like the creator economy a little bit this week. Um, and if, you know, NFTs, art marketplaces, music marketplaces, et cetera. As Alana was saying, um, the first investment we ever made out of Redbeard Ventures Angelus Syndicate was Super Rare, which was really one of the pioneers in the NFT art marketplace, uh, was one of the first to, to introduce uh, creator royalties on chain, which was a massive, massive um, innovation and really one of the, the most valuable drivers of, uh, of this whole creator movement in Web3 because of the ability for artists to earn as the, um, as the assets and as the creations appreciated in value, which was a really rare, uh, a rare was a rare thing in the art world. Usually, an artist sells their piece, and then if it ends up going up in value, the artist never really sees any of that um, that profit. So, um, you know, and that, and then more recently, um, Super Rare, and I'm just you know talking Super Rare a little bit quickly because they also recently introduced the Rare Protocol, which is the Rare token and their ability to stake Rare as a curator and as a creator to different artists or collectors which is all about kind of building, which is like identifying creation and um, and uh, kind of uh, really like proof of reputation and putting uh, and helping people to, uh, you know, kind of 
to kind of put value on the top artists or up and coming artists or top curators and collectors. So that's just, you know, kind of one, um, you know, company that's been really innovating in this new wave of creation in the creator economy. Um, and since that point, we've been we've been pretty active investing in various companies. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to LimeWire today more about what they have going on. Yeah, and it's interesting with LimeWire too, because we when we first started investing, they were specifically focused on music. And then obviously the AI boom has happened this past year. And now you're seeing LimeWire kind of transition where it's not only like helping you create content, but now using AI, there's no really easy way to track like, who's creating what content using AI and LimeWire is allowing you to do that. So I think that's super exciting as well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer that um, in this new wave, I mean, the news this past week was all about, um, you know, ChatGPT and mm -hmm. how uh, they're, you're going to be they're They're releasing the next version, which will enable anyone to create their new, new GPTs. So the reality is, I mean, I don't think we've even scratched the surface yet of, what AI of of how impactful AI will be on everything we do in touch and technology? I think it's going to be the biggest uh, technical te technological innovation of the next decade, um, and it's going to advance everything in exponential rates. But the first thing that I come that comes to mind often for me is we're gonna it, it is going to be difficult to determine uh, AI versus human creation, mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be difficult to and and that's going to make things very challenging when it comes to um, understanding the provenance, understanding royalty distributions, understanding IP ownership. So in my opinion, I think that AI and the blockchain were made for each other because mm. AI, if there is, uh, if there is proof of creation, proof of contr contribution, you know, who contributed what, what parts of the of the piece of work are you owning or producing? And then how would, and then value that is accrued from that piece of work, how is it then distributed? Um, all of that can be handled by smart contracts. And uh, my belief, and I think, I think LimeWire is on the right track here with this, is that the more creation that's happening between AI and human, um, the more that we can make it visible, owned, uh, you know, create transparent ownership, transparent distributions and royalties, et cetera. Uh, I, I think it's going to be better for, better for all um, consumers and creators. Uh, so that, that that's kind of where my mind goes when I think about AI and the blockchain. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I just went to go buy a new painting for one of my walls. And I went to one of these websites. I paid like $150 just to get a print of a photograph. Then yeah. I went to my friend's house and he had the most awesome picture. It was like this vintage, looked like a car. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Where'd you get it? He's like, oh, I made it using AI. And I'm like, no way. Wow. This is so, I have to show it to you. It's so cool. And that's just one way. It's like, hey, he created this. He put in the right prompts. He kept adding to the picture. And eventually, like, he could go ahead and sell that. And that's exactly what LimeWire is doing. But right now, if he goes post that picture, anybody could go take it where you should, as a creator, get royalties for the work that you're putting into it. It's any type of art like it is for pictures, photography, paintings. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's what's interesting really about Limar. Well, and I, well, I think also in just general, let's just talk, like, talk about music and NFTs in itself. Like, you, like it's, you know, music has gone through its share of innovation and disruption. And it's kind of cool that, you know, we'll, like LimeWire actually is part of that historical uh, part of his, that historical story of disrupting the music industry back in the Napster, LimeWire days. But, you know, the interesting 
innovation and disruption now. And you know, something I was reading about, I was reading when I was thinking, when I was you know, kind of preparing for this conversation, was that you know, music musicians right now, uh, if they create something, most of their business, most of the distribution is happening on the streaming platform. So let's say Spotify, and you, if you stream, if, like I think the based on some estimates I was looking up quickly, you get like 0.004 cents per listen per stream, you know, per stream. Mm -hmm. So if someone was to get a million streams, they would earn about four, about four, uh, $4,000. If someone was to then instead mint that song and sell it as an NFT for $40, a $40 mint, it would only take them a hundred, a hundred people to make that same four hundred dollars, and I think that's where I think the direction we're heading is more about that, um, that like really close relationship with your power community and your power users. So you know, for me, I think that's really, I think that one of the major innovations and disruptions that's happening with Web three um, and 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 if, and music and the NFTs is a few things. One, it's creating a new form of ownership and a new way to a new way a new revenue stream for for artists. This is a completely new revenue stream on top of the existing ones. Two, as a consumer, you know, I'm a collector of things. I'm a big, I, you know, I collect memorabilia, collectibles, autographs, things that I think like represent something that like that I appreciate. I want to, it's artistic in nature and I think will hold value. And if you think about even like, you know, my father-in-law has thousands of records. Like he has the old, you know, the old records. I, you know, I look at the NFT especially because there's transparency in the amount of the amount that have been produced and created the scarce version of a song or a piece of a song or a music video or whatever that ownership will i believe will be deemed a collectible as well so there's the collectible component there's the there's the new revenue stream component there's transparency and ownership but then even most importantly to me in my opinion is the royalty distribution and transparency the fact that you could build in to a smart contract you know let's say three people performed on that song Let's say two people produced the video and one person did this and one person did makeup. Every person could get a piece of every transaction reven of revenue now and even potential royalties in the future if it appreciates in value um, just by owning the NFT of that work. So I think we're really, again, I think that um, when it comes to NFTs and music, I think we've really just, really just, again, we're very early. I think there are a few platforms that have started introducing it. I know I personally own a couple NFT, uh, NFTs from, you know, actually on LimeWire. I own one on, I own a couple on um, on OpenSea with like Snoop Dogg and a couple others that have, I think, uh, who was the other one? There was another one on, I forgot what it was now. There was another band that dropped a song um that was a really big one on nfts i'll go back back to it in a little while but it'll come to me eventually but you know i think that there's a lot of really interesting components around uh you know the the marriage of nfts and music and i and i and i'm curious to see where where that will go and i think ai will probably be a big part of that story yeah and then another thing is like taylor swift is i think a great example where she had these tickets and if you signed up through your email you potentially got a lottery ticket to get on her early sale list but it's yeah. like hey if you're buying her nfts if you're one of her biggest fans, if you're in her community then you should naturally be able to get one of those early tickets and hopefully then go to her concert but there's no real way right now to really be able to track who's the biggest like 
person in your community or who's really going ahead, buying your songs, listening. I think that's super important. And then that goes to the next step of, I think, what we've invested in where it's ticketing. It's like, okay, now you have these tickets. Now they're on the blockchain. Now you could track like who's buying the tickets. You could resell. And instead of using these big resellers like Ticketmaster, who I just sold tickets yesterday because Drew's coming in town and I'm not going to John Mayer. And basically like Ticketmaster took like 20% of my ticket, which was absolutely insane where it's like, if I'm an owner, it should just easily track back to the artist saying, okay, we know that these are legitimized, you own it, and you could easily just sell it through the blockchain. So I think there's so many different sectors within mm -hmm. music and creation that we're just like tapping the surface in. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what excited us about Get Protocol. So Get Protocol is another one of our Redbeard investments. Um, we did fund and I believe syndicate as well for Get Protocol. And um, they've, they've, in my opinion, by far the most established and uh, in the decentralized ticketing infrastructure. And there, there's so much interesting uh, functionality and capabilities that they can provide, especially as it scales. And, you know, of course, they've, I think they've, what was the amount? I think it was over 4 million tickets or? I think they even uh, hit higher. Yeah. They're, yeah so you know, over, four, over 4 million tickets or 5 million tickets have been minted on the platform so far. They provide an infrastructure so other people can create their own marketplaces um, with all, you know, transparent protocols. And, uh, and then the other cool part about it is it enables, it, it also unlocks an entire DeFi aspect. So like when we start to think about uh, tokenizing tickets and tokenizing events and um, and you know and, and securitizing or putting these the kind of not securitizing but putting on chain um, all uh, all of this ticketing infrastructure it then opens up opportunities for art for uh, event financing artist financing different types of staking mechanisms etc so um, you know these are these are what really excite me when I start to think about you know innovation and interesting opportunities when you marry the blockchain and introduce it to some of these these industries that are ripe for innovation and disruption um you know it, that's it also comes to me like you know even like voting i voted yesterday because i just moved to weston connecticut and uh, i voted in the town and I, I was just i couldn't believe how manual how ridiculous every part of the voting process is where you know it, it, to me, that should all be on chain. Um, should be all, should all be tokenized. And like these are just things that I see of like that's another industry that's completely ripe for disruption. We could save that for another mm -hmm. conversation. But it got me thinking about how there's just opportunities there for innovation in, in these areas. Yeah, for sure. All right, I think it's time to bring up Marcus. I really want to talk about Limeware because I think they're doing such exciting things with both AI and content creation, and they, with their recent acquisition and also their token launch this past year. I think we have a lot to talk about. So, Marcus, how are you doing? Welcome to Red Beer Radio. What's up? Hi, thank you guys. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Of course, of course. Where are you call? Where are we uh, calling in from today? Uh, Vienna, Vienna, Austria. So, at the heart of Europe, quite late here actually. Uh, but super excited to be to be on the show. Okay, fantastic. Well, before we even jump into everything you guys have going on today, I mean, LimeWire is a brand as a brand has a very kind of rich history in innovation and disruption. So before we like kind of jump into where you guys are and all the cool stuff you're going on, can you talk a little bit about how we got here today and like how you came to the new LimeWire and bringing the brand back and you know what that and what the history means to you and why it was valuable? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's probably the, the first question everybody asked was, was, was curious about the story. Um, so background is really, I mean, first of all, we are all heavy, like LimeWire users from, from back in the day, to be honest, I used it myself quite a lot. Um, that was pretty much the first 
first like move into getting to know music and 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 the music and creator industry in the early 2000s um as you just said like one of the biggest platforms back in the day obviously also one that almost yeah, i would almost say paved the way for web3 and, and crypto as well um because with the peer-to-peer -peer file sharing concept which is now very similar to what we have um on blockchain and web3 and technology um, that's, that's pretty much have happened the first steps, uh, in, in, in that direction. Um, then they shut down in 2011, the entire brand uh, domain, social media accounts were pretty much dormant, uh, since those days. And then around two and a half, three years ago, we had the idea of building a creator platform in the intersection of the crypto web free space. And we're thinking quite hard after we pretty much yeah, draw the entire concept and we're quite clear, clear on what we actually want to build. Um, how we should go about the launch and then very quickly came up with the idea it just needs to be one of those big brands and there's not that many out there we had a short list of a few which we which we try to investigate if we can get hold of the brands of the of the social media accounts of the domains even more importantly um, and then after a couple of months of work we yeah managed to get all the assets together it was really scattered among different people, um, former employees of LimeWire and, and people holding the social media accounts, which were completely not even associated with the old company yet. Um, but yeah, we were lucky enough, I would say. It was a pretty lucky shot, but probably the best uh, brand to launch a platform like this, to be honest. That's awesome. I guess I just have one question, I guess, for individuals who are looking at getting a name or acquiring assets from the past. Like, did you guys raise a round of funding previously before you even went out to try to acquire these names and then all in all go in to help with content creation, music using the blockchain? Yeah, it was it, it was rather the other way around, actually, to be honest. So we we had the concept drawn drawn out already. Um, we already pre-funded the acquisition of the of pretty much the brand and all the assets around it. And then with this as like a total package started raising capital. Um, that's, that's pretty much how we started uh, going about it. We also did it with a token sale, like a private sale right from the beginning, because the, the LMWR token, our LimeWire token was really one of the key parts of the entire concept. Um, but obviously like all of this helped us a lot, like because we knew what the concept is gonna look like. We knew um, we have an amazing brand, which is probably very, easy to yeah just get a lot of eyeballs attracted to to the platform already um and then with this and the main main kpis um yeah in our back pockets already we we started raising capital yeah that's awesome i think this was a huge marketing stint too because you were getting this name and bringing limewire back from the past where i think all of us on this call right now could say that we had LimeWire downloaded it on our computer back in the day i wouldn't say it was for the best reason but now it's like obviously what you guys are doing is super interesting. So I know you guys have pivoted a lot where you started out just focusing on music and NFTs. Now you've quickly switched over to AI creation, using the blockchain to really understand who's creating this content, monetize, and then give royalties back. So I want to touch on a little bit about your vision now and then where you see yourselves in the future. Yeah, 100%. So we really started last year, um, I think in April or May when we launched the, the LimeWire talk platform or relaunched it rather um, with like as you just described at the very beginning a music nft platform um, a marketplace fully fledged and targeted towards the music industry and music artists as like in special um, pretty amazing first two two months of launch i think we had just for the wait list of the platform we already had more than two million subscribers just because of the brand value so it was really like an absolute like skyrocketing start to be honest 
Um, but after a couple of months, uh, as you guys know, and everybody probably in the industry knows as well, um, the NFT space got pretty difficult, still is probably. Um, and music industry is also a very, a very special one. It's, it's one which is very um, retail focused. And we very soonish figured out that there's only two opinions about music NFTs. Um, the ones who completely love it and 100% into it and the others which yeah, almost hated um, after the, the NFT prices plummeted uh, so heavily last year. Um, so we figured we have this big retail brand. We definitely need to attract the mainstream. That, that was our whole, whole idea and the concept from the very beginning, which is why we thought, why not just enable anybody to become a creator on LimeWire? So instead of only working with established music artists and, and creators, we just open it up to all types of content. That was pretty much the first step. Um, so now everybody can upload images, music, even podcasts, um, video content, whatever you want to upload in a digital format. It's all Web3 enabled. We are minting all the pieces you're posting on a platform. Um, and then as a next step, that's what we launched eight weeks ago, roughly. Uh, we thought we now also need to enable everybody to start their creator journey on LimeWire. So make it super easy to create content, take their first steps as an entrepreneur on the platform, which is why we launched the LimeWire AI Studio. That's pretty much has been the last step now um, as the biggest release of this year, just to enable anyone starting their creator journey, coming into the LimeWire AI Studio. You can, with a simple prompt, uh, generate images today. And we are pretty close, probably next week, we are, we, we are going to launch the Music Studio as well. So you will be able to create uh, complete full tracks just with a couple of prompts and iterations in the studio. Um, and then we will obviously like continuously work on the AI studio to make it as simple as possible for anybody to create content. Yeah, I want to add something too. So Drew actually brought up yesterday. He's like, I want to create a podcast where basically we give it a prompt, we tell what to do, and then it creates a prompt. And I could see this in terms of like, hey, you want to learn about a new topic. Maybe you want to learn about history. Tell me all about World War II. And it will basically create like a 10, 20 page book based on AI that allows me to go ahead and see this content, read it. That's all user generated. So do you see that in the future? Because I think me and Drew both want to be the first AI generated podcast. So wondering if that's something that you see happening. I mean, I'm quite sure it's something we are not really far from creating, like in general in the space. Um, because if you just saw the, the last release from OpenAI and a lot of stuff happening in the space. We're looking into different solutions now also for the music studio with um, voice creation and altering singing voices and all that kind of stuff, which is extremely exciting, by the way. Um, so I'm pretty sure a lot of this is probably already possible. The biggest and the most tricky bit that we really see at the moment, though, is there's a lot of research companies, um, a lot of different projects uh, coming from universities as university spin-offs. Um, and also different other research uh, entities or, or, or yeah, corporations that do an amazing job in like building the actual capabilities of those models. So all the hard work in the machine learning and the AI space and the actual coding and training the models and like figuring out the nitty gritty details and training them. That's there's a lot of teams doing that. What's really missing in the space in um, a lot of the front end facing and mainstream facing components is a simple UI, is a very nice and easy to understand user journey, and is something that is really applicable to the mainstream, so they actually want to try it out. Um, I would even say OpenAI, they, they literally took the entire AI space with ChatGPT and the simple chat window to a completely different level. 
Um, but still, this is not like I wouldn't consider this a nice user interface. And I would um, even say that a lot of other companies are building on top of it just to create nice use cases. And that's exactly where we see LimeWire and a lot of um, the features we are building as the perfect fit. We are like mainstream brand. Everybody can come to the platform. And the one thing we really do well is build a simple user experience and UI to solve uh, problems that everybody pretty much understands and, and can yeah, um, yeah, connect to. Yeah, and you're super, oh, sorry, uh, just a quick question there. So how does, in, in terms of like where, how AI and kind of the NFT original foundational vision, how do you see these two things married together? Like, what do you think the future is for AI and NFTs together in your world? So I think what you said in the first part is really interesting. So the, the entire royalty um, topic, the attribution of the like original creator and their content is a very, very important topic, especially in the AI space, because uh, it's really hard to figure out, especially with image generation, it's already very hard to figure out if this is like a, an AI generated image or like an actual photograph. Um, so you need to figure that part out somehow. And there's some really interesting different concepts around it. So on, on LimeWire, for instance, we just recently added a remix button, which pretty much allows you, you can browse through the entire platform, um, find an image you really like, click the remix button and it leads you to the AI studio directly. And you can start iterating on that same image. So you can say, I want to have that image, but with a different style or with a different background or whatever you want to change uh, um, of, of that image. But that also means that the original creator who uploaded the original image should definitely get um, at least a royalty bit for like the baseline of that creation. And that's something that Web3 and blockchain can easily solve. And where the, I would say the regular Web2 world is really failing. You can only manage that in a closed um, Web2 platform. But this, the moment the, the asset leaves the platform, this is pretty much not traceable anymore. And Web3 and NFTs are really a big uh, solution to that problem in, in the future, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I know, so you acquired Blue Willow, which is a leading AI image generator. They had one of the biggest discords, over 2 million users. You also announced a Google Cloud partnership to help the text image AI model. You just kind of mentioned that one of your biggest value adds is more of the easy to use user interface. But I've actually seen you guys talk about how you want to onboard the next 10 million users um, to AI. So what do you think is going to be the biggest drivers of adoption to LimeWire's platform? Um, I mean, obviously, there's there's a whole different, like, very different concepts and a lot of different platforms offering AI tools already. So I think one very tough bit, especially for newcomers into the space, is understanding what's really, like, good and valuable, um, what is a good model, and what's the difference between those models. Um, so, so one thing we're really trying to do is we, we see ourselves in that space, first of all, as the aggregator of those models. So if you come into the image generation studio on LimeWire right now, you can, in a drop-down, um, easily switch between different models. You can try out what Blue Willow, our, our own model, our proprietary model does, um, compared to Stable Diffusion XL, for instance, which is one of the top-notch models at the moment, or Google, Google Imagine, which is a model we just recently uh, integrated together with Google into the studio. So that's the first. Um, I think that's something that not a lot of the platforms are doing. Many of them, like Midjourney, for instance, are really focusing on their model and their model only. And we want to pretty much be the platform where you can switch between those and, and understand what the difference is. Um, and then a the second bit is, I think there's a lot more to it than just using those models. 
as I said before, there's a lot of research teams and companies that do an extremely good job in actually developing the core bit of the solutions, but there's a lot more to it. So connecting this, for instance, the image studio to um, the music studio where you can then create a background image to the music file you want to upload is something not everybody's doing. I don't really know any company that is doing it right now. And that's where we want to play in that pretty much in that space. You can create your music file, then you add a background image or a cover image of that release in the image generation studio. And one of a sudden you pretty much have a complete um, yeah, release. You, you can you can put live online while also download and put on another uh, social media platform. Can you talk a little bit about, um, I've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of progress and obviously like chat GPT, so like text text formats. We've also seen a ton of progress on the image side of things with Dolly and Midjourney, et cetera. Can you talk about um, generative music and generative video? Where are we? How complex is it? Or is it something that LimeWire will be providing? And like, what is that experience going to look like? much earlier so both both content types seem to be a lot more difficult and, and there's not i mean obviously a lot of companies are working on this already but the research seems to be a lot earlier and it's also a more complex topic uh, image compared to um, especially music and audio files is a completely different world and moving image is even worse um we are looking into a lot of different solutions and partners um, but what we are actually launching probably next week is already the first version of the music studio, which is super exciting. So that will be the first version of creating music in the LimeWire AI studio with a simple prompt, a full track, uh, any length pretty much, uh, which is not really a limitation with our model. Um, and obviously one of the most exciting ones because LimeWire is so closely associated with the music industry. Um, but especially that bit, I think in the image part, we are extremely well developed already in the music bit. There's a lot of different topics. We still need to figure out and features, uh, we still need to build. So first, like just as an example, the first version will be generating a track. So pretty much like the melody and the entire full track, but without a singing voice. So the next bit will be, how do you generate the lyrics for the song? So they actually fit to the track and to the entire melody of the song. How do we then like sing that on top of the track and maybe even change the singing voice to a voice you want to have or you think fits better to the song? So all these different kinds of pieces um, is something we're currently building up. It's such a wild idea to think that like I can end up becoming a famous mus musical artist without even having to sing, play a song, create. All I can I do is piece together I could create an entire musical album in the near, not too far distant future, with the right prompts, with the right with the right prompting, um, which is really mind blowing. Uh, mind blowing. The 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 question I I guess the question I um, I have here is like, what is the inputs? Like you know I can understand like when I'm creating a photograph or if I'm creating anything with text, I'm like articulating in words how to maneuver the, the, the content that I'm trying to, the AI to produce. I guess I struggle a little bit with how much, how different it would be um, or what the user interface would be for generating sound in that regard or beats in that regard. You know, have you, have you seen anyone doing it or what's the experience you've seen to date? Yeah, so the first experience we will launch um, uh, within the next one or two weeks is literally a chat window as well. Um, so it's literally, literally a prompt box 
and you can put in something like i want to have a song which sounds like mozart's uh, seventh symphony um but as an electronic music beat um so wow. they, they, wow. they could be one um and that's that's pretty much what we are starting with but then could after you, that, could you then could you then make changes within this like let's say it's like hey you know okay great i love this but i want to do the 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 chorus differently or something can you make those micro changes yet or not there yet yeah that's that's the tricky bit about it so you you can start working on a prompt and iterating on a prompt similar to the image um generation and how it works today um but what we really want to achieve and i think that's that's especially the long-term vision of our music studio and i think where Alarmwork can be extremely strong with the brand is that you pretty much have a fully fledged um audio music station so you once you created that file, you can iterate on, I want to have a bit more baseline or I want to change, um, I don't know, maybe the, the the vocals a bit to a different singing voice at the end and change all these different tiny bits and pieces uh, with a simple interface and a simple prompt. So you, at the end of the day, as you just described, really without any knowledge about uh, generating music or even playing instruments, you can create a fully fledged song. That's, that's a long-term vision. Um, the challenging bit about this is really so there has been these songs out there um i think the drake song has probably one had been one of the most uh, talked about on social media which was completely ai generated um where one of these ai yeah developers just got, uh, went out and pretty much created a drake and and the game like songs it wasn't really originally from those artists mm -hmm. but it sounded like it um and they are currently losing using a whole range of different models to create such a complex song and that's exactly a journey we want to create. So we want to combine all these different models, um, have a user journey which is integrated into one interface, uh, but give you the best models at hand to really create that music file for the need you, you have. Yeah, definitely. So I want to touch a little oh, bit sorry. on- I want, to, uh, I want to real quick before you jump into that, just sorry. Did you hear the new AI, like the new uh, Beatles song that was AI kind of enhanced? It wasn't completely generated. Um, but there's like a whole thing called, I think it was called now and then, um, and, uh, you know, it's basically the first, uh, Beatles song. It was written and sung by John Lennon and it was made possible by AI. Um, have you, did you come across that? Did you, did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I, I've seen this. There's, there's so many very interesting, um, yeah, new creations. Like, I know, for instance, the Beatles song was, was pretty much one where they pretended this this could be like could have been one of the first songs that the Beatles created, which was really interesting. Cool. Um, the biggest difficulty with all these creations and especially the names that are being used is really the rights holding um, and the the underlying training data and where they get it from. Um, so it's really nice all this playing around with it, all connecting the different models. That's that's a challenge. That's the one side. That's the technical bit, but then also the legal structure and how you actually figure out who owns which rights. Can I actually publish it? Can I put it on a Spotify on any DSP or is this not allowed? That's that's a whole different topic. Um, and that is probably one where most of those platforms will at the end of the day have the biggest differentiating factor. I feel like I need to listen to this song. I just looked it up because I actually haven't listened to this yet and I'm a big Beatles fan. But so I want to touch on, you guys just did your token launch. You were able to do the private token sale, 17.5 million. Um, how were you able to do this and how does the LimeWire token get integrated into the LimeWire platform? 
Yeah, I mean, for the token sale, uh, obviously the brand helped a lot. Um, we, as I said at the beginning, before we did the private sale, we had a lot of the KPIs uh, hit already with a, a long wait list on the platform. A lot of users coming onto the platform uh, did our first NFT sales already. So that definitely helped. Um, got a pretty huge uh, community. I mean, after the acquisition of Blue Willow, we now even have the biggest or second biggest Discord community now, I believe, with uh, 2.3 million, million members. So that definitely helps when, when raising uh, a token round. Um, how is the token integrated to the platform? It's really like the native currency on Lionbar.com. We, we, again, simple user experience, uh, simple UX. The whole idea is to combine a Web3 and Web2 um, interface or user experience. So anybody who wants to join the platform has no idea about crypto, doesn't even own a wallet, uh, can easily use the platform just like any, any Web2 platform. But we also offer the entire Web3 uh, user experience. So you can connect your MetaMask wallet or any wallet with uh, Wallet Connect. You can online buy a token. And the nice bit is um, it really incentivizes you on the entire platform to use the token or to even earn it. So just one example, if you create content on LimeWire, um, you can earn ad revenue share, pretty similar to what X is doing, what, what Twitter, uh, formerly Twitter, now X is doing, um, with views on your content. So we give you a share of the ad revenue on the platform and we pay this out on a monthly basis in LimeWire token. Um, so that's just one example how you can use it. And it really pretty much is the glue of the entire community on, on the LimeWire platform, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's, That's really great. interesting. I mean, did you, I mean, was it because you guys were kind of doing this, you know, really through a bear market, how did the, you know, was it, was it surprising to see the success in a, in a market like this or, you know, and how challenging was the journey and like the, the token creation process and the, the sale process. And, and uh, I want to start there. And then I kind of want to also talk about what is life like post token. Um, yeah, I mean, the initial, the, the initial launch, especially the public sale, we did the public sale this year, April and May, um, probably like one of the most challenging times in crypto in the past years. Uh, I think the end of 2022 was really tough. Then we came into Q1. We already postponed the public sale because we, we initially wanted to do it in, in Q4 at the end of last year, which probably would have been devastating just uh, as the worst timing last year anyways. So we pushed it towards April. Um, and then just, I think we just really hit a very good timing and good marketing, good social media marketing with the Lionboy brand. Um, it really took off extremely well. Um, we also had a, obviously a lot, a lot of bigger creators and artists on the platform already, which were working with Lionboy. That definitely helped. Um, but yeah, the sale was, at the end of the day, the, the entire sale was probably much bigger and better than what we expected uh, in a bear market because 17.5 17, million is quite a good number, I would say, in a, as a token sale any, in any scenario, especially in a bear market. Um, so yeah, we are quite happy with this, to be fully honest. Yeah. And so that, and now post, you know, post uh, token launch, it's a different world. You're almost like a startup that becomes a, like in weird, you know, it's this weird version of like a public company startup. Uh, you know, everyone watching, there's, you know, every move and ups and downs and roller coasters. Tell me about how that's been for the company and how you guys handle that. Yeah, 100%. It's a completely different story. Um, I, I literally today um, had, a, had a meeting with, with Julian, one of our CEOs, and we said it's within one day, once a token is out, within one day, you can be everybody everybody's darling and a shitstorm is happening in the evening. So it's just oh. uh, extremely crazy how much exposure, how much uh, chit chat about the company, about the token, about the NFTs is happening. 
Then you have people which are only using the product. They don't even care about the token. On the other side, you have people which are only caring about the token and don't even want to use the product. The majority, luckily, is somewhere in between. Um, so yeah, it's it's very interesting. But, and I think that's a big, big positive uh, aspect of it. It obviously gives you a lot of exposure. So apart from raising the funds, apart from um, like obviously being able to build a lot more on the product now, it's also nice to just get the exposure on so many different exchanges, platforms, partners that are interested in working with us, uh, retail investor and also retail user interest. It's yeah, just a much faster pace of iterating on the product. And that's what we really appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. So what are the next, like, what's the, let's talk about the product roadmap ahead. Um, you know, what are the, what are the most exciting new, you know, kind of product features or product, you know, kind of product capabilities that you're excited about? What's, what's on the roadmap? How's that looking? So next month are actually going to be super exciting in the AI studio, which is growing a lot at the moment. We're growing by roughly 10,000 users per day at the moment in the AI studio. So it's really like amazing to see how many people are coming in. Um, next step will be uh, music AI. So that's going to be the next release coming in the next uh, roughly two weeks. After that video, we're already working on a video solution where we plan um, to integrate the, the image generation part, the image studio with the video studios. You can generate the images um, in the first bit. And then in the second step, you just create video content out of those images, which is pretty, pretty nice. So currently working on this. Um, and then next year, we will start focusing um, also on NFT uh, uh, drops again. So we already did one collection, the LimeWire original collection um, last year that was pretty successful. And we are now thinking about a new collection, new version to come next year. So that's in the planning at the moment. And yeah, obviously iterating a lot on the product, um, lots of functions on the LimeWire platform for, for more user engagement. Uh, so very, very exciting topics ahead. That's that's very cool. If I let's let's take a second uh, away from LimeWire for a minute. Let's talk more about the the space in general that you play in with with you know now music and AI and content creation. You know, if you were to put on your own investor hat, you know, what type of what type of concepts companies would you be looking to invest in that you feel like would be big opportunities to to, to attack? Um, you know, in the creator in the creator ecosystem. You know, what would you love to see develop or see more of? It's a really tough one. So, so obviously a bit biased. Um, I, I think the AI space is super interesting, but it also comes with the difficulty, as I just said before, if, you, if you're too dependent on a single solution, on a single model, you can really become redundant within like a single day. If there's a new paper out, if there's totally. a new, new development, a new, new model out, which is better, you're pretty much like you're done very, very quickly. So it's a very dangerous space as well. Um, what I think is extremely exciting is the gaming space as well and the gaming space combined with the creator bit. So I think there's also solutions out there where you can create your own avatars, create your own gimmicks in a game, uh, play with those, create your own game universe pretty much, which is play within your own like own and self-created game as well. Um, that's a very interesting one and I think that's a bit different because you're really building a community around um, your solution and your environment and not necessarily depend on a lot of technological um, infrastructure on like AI development and tools and, and models. Yeah, those are definitely ones that we have focused on well, especially gaming as well, both in Web3 and then also with AI. So that definitely makes sense. Are there any specific companies that you've specifically been following that have really been exciting to you? 
Um, what, what I found really interesting, we, we've been working a lot with the, um, like back to gaming, um, with the Metaverse platforms last year, especially. Um, so we have our own stage in Decentraland. We're talking a lot to the sandbox. Um, I'm really curious how, I mean, obviously those had much lower numbers in the past month, probably over the last year, but I'm really curious how that is going to change um, within the new, hopefully new um, bull market, let's say sometime next year, maybe the year after, because yeah. um, there was a pretty big hype. Some of this is also connected to the NFT hype, I believe. But now the question is, can they really take the next step and, and become those platforms where people just also want to play and where the games obviously also develop to, to a user experience, which is nice enough to come back. Um, that's one of the most curious spaces for, for me. Uh, yeah. I was actually looking at um, Wilder World released a uh, video today of their, of their you know, a, a kind of a trailer of some of the gameplay that they're going to be releasing soon. And their metaverse experience to me is like, it's just absolutely mind blowing. The first component is going to be a race car. They're like the first step into like their metaverse, because obviously like, I don't think anyone even realizes how big of an endeavor it is to create the, the metaverse that we all envision, that we all want. It's just a massive, massive undertaking. So, you know, everyone's going to have to do this in phases in a different, and people are going to take different approaches to what that those phases are. Um, you know, for Wilder, for example, they're starting with a car racing game that also kind of blends very well into their economy, into their world, into their NFT strategy, into their token strategy. So I think it's, it's a great entrance point, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be really exciting to see, you know, how these metaverses evolve, how they develop, and what is the consumer reaction um, and experience uh, going to be like. And I think that's going to be a, a really fun thing to watch over the next uh, the next few years. Yeah, 100%. I mean, what, what are you guys uh, currently looking at the most at the moment? So what's the, what's yeah. the people like? What's what's really coming in the most? You know, it's funny. It's like, you know, there's, we've, I, you know, there, there have been different, you know, I've seen, um, you know, AI is to me very, very exciting. Um, I am constantly consuming information about it, content, researching, uh, testing new products, et cetera. I think investing in AI is much more challenging than it seems because even like you were saying, like you could be disrupted in, in, a, in, a, in a minute. So it's very, um, it's, and also the reality is, is that it's, it's, it's actually more challenging because the, the bar to introduce AI has kind of really become very low because of the open source technology that's out there. So, you know, a, a startup that wants to build this new this new feature could, uh, or a new business could become a feature in a in a well adopted you know in a, in a large scale well adopted company. So, you know, there are a lot of challenges that I think um, you know don't you know don't really come to mind so quickly when we think about um, you know investing in the AI category. Uh, but it's definitely an area where I'm spending a lot of time just trying to understand and research and and identify opportunities. And we have made a few investments. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we're spending more of our time on right now is you know commercial, uh, like actual, like in the, especially in Web three, our op, our our business opportunities that have real material business models that can drive adoption further of of the entire space. You know, like we've been you know kind of recent deals we did were like a um, an AI meets Web3 deal, but that's um, in the mortgage sector, like introduce like mortgage data cleansing and um, securitizing mortgages.
languages on chain, like where, you know, a lot of infrastructure plays because we feel like, you know, my own, you know, my personal thesis is that we've kind of gone through this speculative phase. Um, we've gotten through the first initial wave of use cases. We have, you know, went through that introduction phase, but now we need um, the use cases and the infrastructure to enable the next wave of scale. And I also think that gaming will probably become the next driver of that first, that next consumer cycle in Web3. Um, and gaming marries a lot of different categories. It marries video. It marries NFTs. It marries token economies. It marries audio. It marries content and and, and community. So, um, you know, gaming could become uh, a very all-encompassing uh, driver of the next wave of Web3 adoption. Yeah, it's funny because when thinking about all our recent investments, and we've actually been very active, even it's the best time to be active in a bear market, but we've done, Drew, like a decentralized AI powered AWS, and we're doing the future net internet of things. We did Brightvine and just closed that one, which is mortgage-backed securities using AI in the blockchain, and now we're looking at a gaming one. So it's such a broad range right now, and I think it's a super exciting time to be investing in this space, but I think a lot of the ones that we are looking at do have features that involved AI, but it isn't their main selling point. Cause I think it's just going to be a feature in a lot of these upcoming companies as well. I think it's gonna be a feature in every company going forward. I don't, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be like, you know, if you're not using AI, you're going to fall behind very, very quickly. So, um, you know, it's like, I think it's, it's, we're, we're almost past the, Hey, let me throw AI on my investor deck and see if it attracts an investor, because I just think it's almost going to be by default. You should just have an AI strategy as any business out there, because if you don't, you're going to fall behind, mm -hmm. which is why I think that, you know, you guys figuring out how AI is going to impact your own business and how it's going to enhance content creation and further content creation, um, you know, the rate of content creation is going to is going to be exponentially uh, more now that AI is part of that process. Um, oh, yeah, like 100%. Like on our platform, obviously, we were working with a lot of bigger artists uh, before in the music space, which were uploading the content and onboarding thousands and thousands of music creators. Mm -hmm. But the minute we put the AI Studio Live, and that's literally only eight weeks ago, um, that completely jumped to a new level. I think since the launch of the AI Studio, um, like beforehand, we had around I would say 50,000 um, uh, NFT, not NFTs minted, but uh, pieces posted on the platform, like music pieces, okay. uh, which was over the course of almost a year, um, nine months at least. And then within eight weeks, uh, 1.5, almost 2 million images got generated in the AI studio. So just a completely different level of um, like image generation or general content generation volume within a much shorter time period. Yeah. So totally agreed. And one other question I have there is like, have you seen AI in combination? So like AI has empowered almost like the, 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 it's like the, the no code community, but it's like the no artist community. It's like, you now know, like non-artistic people can create art. Um, what have you seen from actual artists and actual musicians utilizing AI? Are they pushing away from it? Cause they think it's an op, it's like an, almost like a opposition to what they've what, what they've become known for? Or do you think that this is something they are going to adopt and embrace in unique ways while making while, while giving it their own flavor? Very, very good question. So first of all, um, I I think if you if you said that in our in our community, especially in Discord, um, a lot of people would really hate the idea of 
not considering themselves an artist um, using prompts and using AI. So for them, it's really like playing around with the prompts, uh, improving those images and iterating on them. That's an art in itself. For I them. agree. Uh, I agree. Exactly, which is completely fair. Um, everybody has their has a their own form, I'm, I'm not gonna sorry. Yeah, a new form, a new form of art. That's all. Yes. Exactly. Um, and, and you can really also see the difference. Like the more time you put in, the more you think about and, and learn with the model and the prompts, uh, the better the results are going to be. So you can really see in the challenges we're putting out there, the very experienced users, they put on a different level of, of uh, art generation. Um, but yeah, irrespective of that, like second part of your question, super interesting one. Um, we see at the moment that especially with image generation, there is uh, less um, opposition from the, I would say, typical uh, artsy space, the typical creator space, because at the moment they, a lot of them see it as trying it out, especially music creators like it because they can easily create cover images for their music, for their releases, um, can play with, with funny new uh, content types that they currently are not really used to. But I'm pretty sure, I'm 100% sure actually, the moment we put the music AI studio live, this is going to change uh, because especially with music, it's very hard to in many cases almost impossible to say if that's music generated by an actual musician or by ai through like a very simple prompt window and that is where it becomes challenging i think music we've already saw this in the past years um over like especially before covid the entire music space is moving a lot into after the streaming wave and, and spotify got such a big market share it was completely moving into like real life experiences, concerts and, and everything around that. That's probably like one of the main incomes for, for musicians nowadays. Um, but I think with AI, this is even, it's probably becoming more, even more important because it's really very hard to figure out if this is like an AI generated music song or not. Well, I think that goes hand in hand with my next question where it's like, what about the ethics and legality behind this? Like I say, hey, obviously you guys can probably tell from my questions, I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but I'm like, use her music and all her words that she's previously used to create a song and then use her voice to generate this new song. Like, And you could say, hey, maybe use Rihanna's voice in a little bit so you can't really tell. Like, what do you think this is gonna cause in the future? And how are you guys kind of thinking about this moving forward? That's a really difficult topic, especially in the music space. Um, I, I briefly touched base on it before. So the way we are currently solving it is that with the with the model we are putting out live in the next weeks, we actually have a full catalog of licensed music as the training data, um, which pretty much means that everything which is going to be resulted as part of the AI is licensed music. So we can actually issue the licenses to the owners or to the creators, um, and they can be sure to use it. But if you're not doing this, if you're training your data, like a lot of the image generation models have done in the past, for instance, where they get all the data and just scrape it from different platforms, from Twitter, from uh, social media platforms, this is public content, but not licensed content. And that's gonna be very, very difficult in the music space. Um, so like having that database and the actual rights to it, to create new songs and, and like new, new art out of that training data is gonna be very important. And same with, with voices. So. What we will do after like the first version is in the second step, create a catalog where artists can actually upload the files and the rights that they, that they hold. Um, and then this is going to become almost like a marketplace for anybody to, who wants to use it, who wants to use a voice that they really like to pretty much put that on top of the song and then the royalties are being distributed. And again, that's one part where NFTs and, and Web3 are just extremely powerful because you just pretty much combine the, the actual digital files 
and you know in the back end directly who owns which which royalty bit uh, and distribute it with the token. Mm -hmm. No, that's super interesting. I think a topic that's going to be continued to be discussed using AI. So last question, 10 years from now, I go onto the LimeWire platform. What is your guys' North Star of what are you guys really focusing on? What will you see as being a customer to LimeWire and also a content creator? So we, we see ourselves really as the number one platform for anybody to create, publish, and monetize their content. It's as simple as that, um, completely content agnostic. So we started a lot with music. Um, now we are switching a lot more towards static images. Uh, we will probably have a lot more music content going forward with the music AI studio being live. But it doesn't really matter if you are an established artist and have your, your works ready already. If you want to start in the AI studio, that shouldn't really matter for the platform. Our idea is really just come to the to LimeWire.com, share your content, become a creator yourself, and especially monetize it. Because I think there's much fairer ways than the, the regular streaming platforms to monetize content for, for artists and creators out there. Awesome. Marcus, thank you so much for joining today. If people want to follow along, where can they follow you and LimeWire? Where's the best place to really continue to get updates? Best places, places really are Twitter. Uh, so just literally type in LimeWire. You can see the LimeWire icon, the famous one right away. So follow us there. That's the easiest one. Uh, Discord is our biggest community. So if you really want to chat a lot with our moderators, the LimeWire Discord uh, is easy to find. It's the second biggest, just ranked by, by, by size. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for joining. For everybody listening, go follow along LimeWire. And also for this Redbeard Radio, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Also comment. As I mentioned, if you guys have any questions, let us know. And this was sponsored by Alto. So please visit altoira.com forward slash marketplace to learn more about what they're doing for their new platform for accredited investors. So thanks so much, guys. And really excited to have this and looking forward to next week. Later, Marcus. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Bye. This has been a Red Beard Ventures production.